Now, I don't know if you have had the wonderful opportunity yet. Uh, I know many of you guys have, um, but this is my wife, Tia. And I want to tell you, yeah, yeah, you can clap for her. Um, all that she's had to endure with through all these years. Uh, I want to tell you that the, the vision, uh, the, the existence of Gulfside Church would never have become a reality if it were not for her faith, um, for her servant heart, uh, for her willingness to serve and serve and serve and give and give and give behind the scenes uh, without recognition, without fanfare. Uh, we, we wouldn't be where we are as a church today without her. Um, I wouldn't be the man I am today without her. And so it, it's my pleasure to have her up here today as, as we deliver the Mother's Day message because uh, there, there's things that connect with a mother's heart uh, that I can kind of understand, I can imagine, uh, but it's, it's not the same as getting to actually hear from a mother's heart. Oh, I didn't give her a mic. Congratulations, you're here, but I will provide no mic. There we go. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a loud voice, so I'm going to not try to hold this too close to my, uh, to my mouth while I speak. But as Paul said, my name's Tia. Um, I'm just thrilled that he invited me to be up here today just to share my heart um, as well to all you women and moms who I think are amazing. Um, and I just wanted to you know, tell you a little bit more about myself. Obviously, I'm Paul's wife. I'm also a mom to four incredible kiddos, Ella, Aaliyah, Odessa, and Anthony. Um, and I, then I also work locally as a nurse practitioner here in Cape Coral. So um, I'm not always around, especially at this early hour of 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Um, but it's so great to be here, so thank you. Um, and just kind of like get the nervous wiggles out for me, okay? So <laughs> usually I'm behind a desk talking to someone. So um, I just wanted to start today by sharing a story. Um, this actually comes from a book uh, by author Joyce Myers. She's a Christian author, um, and she wrote a book called The Confident Woman. And this is a, a story in her book, and I just want to share it. It's something that uh, I connected well with, and I think you all will enjoy as well. Okay. Mom and dad were watching TV when mom said, oh, I'm tired. It's getting late. I think I'll go to bed. She got up, went to the kitchen to make sandwiches for the next day's lunches, rinsed out the dessert bowls, took meat out of the freezer for supper the following evening. She set out the cereal boxes, filled the sugar container, put spoons in the bowls, put bowls on the table, started the coffee pot for brewing the next morning, put some wet clothes in the dryer, put a load of clothes in the washer, ironed a shirt, sewed on several loose buttons, picked up the game pieces left on the table, put the telephone book into the drawer, watered the plants, emptied the wastebasket, hung up a towel to dry. She yawned and stretched and headed for the bedroom. On her way, she stopped by the desk, wrote a note to the teacher, counted out some cash for a school outing, pulled out a textbook from under the chair, signed a birthday card for a friend, addressed and stamped the envelope, wrote a quick list for the supermarket the next day, and she went and put both of those in her purse. Mom then creamed her face, put on her moisturizer, brushed and flossed her teeth, trimmed her nails. Hubby, in the living room, called, I thought you were going to bed. I'm on my way, she said. She put some water in the dog's bowl, put the cat outside, made sure the doors were locked, looked in each one of the children to make sure they were okay, turned off the bedside lamp, hung up a shirt, threw some dirty socks in the laundry basket, had a brief conversation with the one child still doing homework. Once in her own room, she set the alarm, laid out clothes for the next day, straightened up the shoe rack, added three things to her to-do list for the next day. About that time, the husband 
turned off the TV and announced to no one in particular, I'm going to bed. And then he did. <laughs> so I'm sure all of you can relate to that at some point, correct? Yeah. <laughs> so let me tell you something, women. You rock. Mm -hmm. All of you are amazing. The details that women take care of on the daily to get things done are just I mean, there's no way to calculate them. Men, do you guys understand the gift that God has given you? Do right. you? Let me hear it. Amen. Amen. Come on. Yeah. That's right. Okay. <laughs> so this is what I want you to hear today, women. Before we even get started, you don't need to ever wonder if you are a good mother. You don't need to ever wonder if you're a good wife. You don't ever need to wonder if you're a good whatever it is that you are doing in life, profession, you are amazing, and God has made you that way, and you are rocking it. That's so. right. That's right. So, so we have some things that we really want uh, the, the moms in, in the room to hear, and you might be in the room saying, well, I'm not a mom. What about me today? I'm going to guess that you know a mom, that you maybe even had a mom at one point, that you drive past the mom, uh, that, that there's been a mom near you. And they're going to need these encouragements, and it's going to give you some insight into what's happening in their heart. And so as we talk about the, these three things that we believe that moms need to know, they need to hear, they need to feel, uh, the, the, the biblical text that we're going to look at uh, to, to encourage moms today is from Romans 8.15. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there, and we'll project this up onto the screen. And it's a familiar passage. It says, The Spirit you received did not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship or to being an heir with Christ. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. Now, when, when we begin to look at this, where throughout scripture, there's, a, there's, there's this line of thinking that can be described as a slavehood mentality. And as it writes in here, that the spirit you received was not, did not make you live in fear again, did not make you... Did, Sorry, let me go back to this. The spirit you received did not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. There's this, there's this feeling that we see often in our, in our culture, especially amongst women, that they feel like they have to do, they have to do, they have to do. Otherwise, their value diminishes. There's this questioning that isn't always external. Often it's, it's internal, right? Of this thing yeah. of like, am I doing enough? And that's what we want to speak in today. Yeah, so, you know, if I had the opportunity to sit down with you um, over a cup of coffee or an iced tea or a Diet Coke, whatever it is that you, that you do, um, there's a couple things that I would want to say to you, woman to woman, mom to mom. And um, the first thing is you're doing enough. You're doing enough. You're doing lots of things. Um, Paul and I often talk about this story when I was about eight months pregnant with Odessa, so I had Ella and Aaliyah at home, four and two, almost two. Um, we were at a busy season of life, which, I mean, I think every season has been, um, <laughs> but it always felt like the busiest. And so um, at this point, we were, you know, attending a church. It was a large church. They had multiple campuses. Uh, Paul was traveling a lot of the time. Like I said, I was eight months pregnant. I was working part-time as an RN at a pediatrician's office. And, uh, you know, we just had all the things going on, as many of you guys can relate to. And this particular Sunday, we were going, and I knew for whatever reason that it was a volunteer Sunday, and they were going to be talking about the different space. They were going to be celebrating volunteers, but they were also going to be talking about all the spaces 
in this large church where they needed help to be able to be a blessing to the city. And I remember thinking as I was sitting there in the service, just like this weight on my shoulders of, okay, how can I figure out where I can do something? You know, maybe on an evening or maybe I should get here early or... Yeah, maybe when I'm sleeping. Sleeping? Yeah. <laughs> Who's sleeping? Who's sleeping, yeah. Um, and I remember just, you know, but, but wanting to, you know, wanting to, 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 to add to what was going on and, and, and what the church was doing. And so as the pastor started speaking, he started talking about the different opportunities and the different spaces. And then rather abruptly, he said, but I want to stop for one moment. And he said, and I want to just speak to you. If you are a mom in the room with young children... He said, I want, to, want you to know now that this message is not for you. Because you, and I'm going to start crying, you are already doing the most important job right. that any of us could be doing. And I was going to say that it was the pregnancy hormones that made me cry, but I'm not <laughs> pregnant, so <laughs> that's not what it was. But I remember just this feeling of validation um, from a leader, from someone I respected who was looking, I felt directly at me and saying, you are doing amazing things just in what you're doing. And this is not the season for you to do all these other things because what you're doing right now is so, so important. That's right. That's right. And there, there's something that within our understanding and our identity of ourself that needs to be corrected when we think that in order to really be a child of the house, I have to continue to do, 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 do. And kind of in the biblical model, there's at least three, if not more, perspectives within the household when it came to doing work. There was the slave perspective, that, that this person does things because they have to, because they'll be beaten if they don't. And in this passage, it's saying the spirit that we're given, like we don't operate out of fear anymore. Fear is no longer the motivator. I'm not serving, I'm not living out of a fear that if I don't, then bad things are going to happen to me. And it's not the hired hand mentality. It's not like I'm going to get something out of this. And so, so I'm going to do it. No, we're, we're supposed to serve. We're supposed to live. We're supposed to breathe. We're supposed to be. We're supposed to understand our identity comes out of the fact that I'm a child of this house. And a child works for the household because this is theirs. It's not someone else's. This is my house. And so I'm going to serve and I'm going to live. And I'm going to go through the stage of life that I'm in with a certain peace about it because I'm a child of this house. And I'm not, I'm not fearing retribution. I'm not, I'm not doing this because someone's forcing me. I'm doing this because all of this is mine. And so when we live, and moms especially, if the to-do monster has a hold of you right now, if fear and anxiety is creeping in because you're asking, am I doing enough? Right now in your stage, within your household, very well may be where your mission and your calling is right now. Yeah, absolutely. And that... That is enough. I mean, I mean, if we're being honest, it's probably more than enough, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. It's probably, and quite honestly, I think it is more than you can handle alone. And that's why God surrounds you with other people. But God has gifted you and he's positioned you even for the times where it feels like it's more than enough for you. He, he's made you enough. Like he is making you enough. He is empowering you enough. And this is the second section, the second point is that you are enough for the calling that God has put on your life right now. Like you are enough to parent your children well. You are enough to do what God has called you to do. The, the passage continues on and it says, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. 
And it's talking about the son that is an heir, that, that the spirit that you've been given, you are now an heir with Christ so that you receive, you inherit every spiritual gift that you need. You inherit all of the resources that you need to fulfill the calling that God has placed on your life. And that's, that, that might sound like church talk, but I need you to be able to apply that to your mornings and your evenings with your kids. For you to walk into it with the confidence, and you may not have the energy all the time, but at least the knowledge <laughs> and the confidence that God has given me what I need so that my kids will thrive. Yeah. Because I know so often we go through those times where we question like, Am I inadequate for this? Yeah. I don't think there was a time in our life that we felt quite as inadequate as when the first time we brought our first baby home. Um, and when we brought Ella home, you know, even though I was a nurse, I'd been a nurse for, I don't know, two, a year by that point. Um, I worked in pediatrics. Um, so I was like, okay, I think, you know, the science of this, I got this down, but it's a whole different ball game when it's your baby. That's so. Right. Um, as we're going home, as we get home, and I remember just wondering, like, am I going to be able to do this job? Like, am I going to be able to keep her alive? You know, and, um, you know, I know Paul felt the same way, but, you know, as a mom, you feel like, you know, you're her life. I was her life source, you know, am I feeding her enough? Am I holding her enough? Am I holding her too much? Um, you know, is she warm enough? Is she cool enough? Uh, we even had like, baby wipe warmers, you know, because is her bottom warm enough? You know, we just want to make sure she doesn't, like, have any uncomfortable experiences in life. And so um, I, I know that in that stage of life, the inadequacy feeling was overwhelming. But I don't think it ends when our children are infants. Um, and I don't think, you know, I think all of us have those experiences in life where we wonder, like, can I do this job that God has called me to? Um, and it took people like my husband and other women in my life to, to speak to me and to remind me that God had prepared me for that job. He had given me all the tools that I needed. Um, and so, you know, I just encourage you to like, instead of listening to the fears that you have, the fears that run through your mind of whether or not you can do the job, listen to the people in your life mm -hmm. who are speaking so life into you. Um, rely on the Spirit of God. Because as believers, we have the Spirit in us, with right. us, in all that we do. And He is going to equip us to do that job. And also rely on the promises in His Scripture. That's right. um, God's Word, as we store those things in our heart, as we you know, apply it to our mind, that is what's going to remind us that, hey, I'm exhausted. I've lost my temper five times this morning, and we're not even dressed yet. Um, but God has called me to this. And if I will rely on him, he will give me what I need to do this job. That's right. And so. I just want to reaffirm that point that she made of God has positioned people around you. Mm -hmm. Like th this is part of the provision of God for you to navigate the times of the, your life that you're in. You're supposed to be part of a church body that, that brings gifts and ability and wisdom into your life. And if you're just saying, I need to do this alone, you're missing part of God's design. Mm -hmm. Like you yeah. are enough, but God has designed you to live in community. And that, that has been such a big thing for us. And, and I know that when there's multiple voices around, some of them are good and some of them are bad. You've got to find who are the people who God has given me that are speaking wisdom and life into me. Because we, we know when we hear someone else's voice, like, have you ever been at, at, or maybe you can imagine, I don't want to bring a specific bad memory to you, but can you imagine being at a ball field and your kid gets put out to play 
and all of a sudden you hear a parent start criticizing your child because their child is on the bench. I mean, like how, how, how would that, the feeling when someone starts criticizing your kid, not that anyone's ever criticized our perfect children, yeah. but I mean, like what, what, right. what do you feel when you, when you, well, you know, I mean, honestly, you feel like it's a criticism to you. And so, um, I think the same is the same is true with God. You know, when we criticize ourselves and when we doubt ourselves, ultimately we're doubting our father, Absolutely. we're doubting God, um, in the way that he has, yeah. you know, designed us to be. Yeah, so. Romans 14, 4 actually speaks into that. And, and I love the, the way that this is said. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? Like, I mean, there's like a force. Like, who do you think you are right now? You're confused about the person you are, that you're judging someone else's servant. It's not yours to judge. And the passage goes on to say, to their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. Amen. And yeah. so if you're God's servant and you're sitting here criticizing yourself, criticizing who you are, criticizing who you're becoming, God in heaven is sitting there. Do you know who you are? Because you're not the master of this person. I'm the master. I've equipped them. I've gifted, gifted them. I've assigned them a calling and a purpose. And here you sit saying they can't do what I've said that they will do. Just like if you heard someone talking bad about your kid, you're going to be like, it's going to be hard to talk out of that mouth in a minute here if you keep going. <laughs> God would look and say, it's not yours to criticize because you are mine. Mm -hmm. And I've positioned people around you. I've positioned my spirit inside of you. I've positioned the word of God accessible to you to give you wisdom so you can do what you, you've been called to do. You are enough for this season that's ahead. And really the last point we want to make too is um, we aren't perfect. None of us are perfect. Mm -hmm. And God knew that we weren't going to be. Um, so, but he did, as we said before, he created us in his image, man and woman, he created them in his image. And so um, in that confidence that we go about our jobs that he's given us, we have to also remember that when we fail, because we will, and when our strength goes out, it's in our weakness that God prevails and God's power shows up. Um, and I just, I know for me personally, um, as a mother, as a person, as a professional, I rely on this day in and day out that I'm going to go out there and do my darndest um, at what God has called me to do. But I know at the end of the day that he's going to fill in those gaps. Um, when we first moved to Southwest Florida, let's see, there was a lot going on again. Um, I had just graduated from with my master's. About 14 days later, I gave birth to Anthony. Um, Passed your exam for nurse <laughs> practitioner. Yeah. And then about six weeks later, we packed up all of our family chasing this dream that God had put in our heart to move to a city I had never heard of prior to like a year before. <laughs> we didn't have jobs um, yet. We didn't have jobs yet. And we were moving down here. And, um, you know, we, we really were just full of faith that God had called us and he had an awesome plan. But I remember when we got down here and we were looking for jobs and we were getting settled in, um, you know, you kind of run into things sometimes that just kind of catch you off guard and it just sends the stress meter like off the charts. 
And for me, as mom, we got down here and we went to start the process of getting our younger kids enrolled in school. And I quickly realized that enrolling children in school in Lee County was a much different experience than any other experience I had ever had before. <laughs> um, and that's not about the school system. It's just the way that it works. You know, I, we moved from the Midwest where you lived here, and so you went to school there. Um, here, it was like you live here, and you have 28 options as to where you may end up. And they so, all might be great <laughs> options, but it feels like if you do this wrong, your kid's future could be ruined. Right. And so I was like, God, did you move us to Southwest Florida so that I had no idea where my kids are going to go to school and maybe to their educational demise? You know, and so um, I had to have a moment, you know, with God and just with myself and say, you know what, God, like you called us down here. And you're not going to, like, miss this detail. You know, you're not going to not take care of this. And um, just the idea, too, as a mom, is I have to remember that as much as I love my kids, God loves my kids more. So there's not a health concern. There's not a detail about their education or their future or their friend group that God has not already seen and known of, and is going to work out. And so that's something that I have to trust daily. But also, again, like in every other area of our life, God wants us to do the next right thing in front of us, Mm -hmm. and then he's going to fill in those other details. Yeah. And the way that we kind of sum this this up that we want moms to, to know is that God's grace is enough. Yeah. Like his grace is enough. And when we hear grace, we often just think uh, of, of the unearned love in regards to the forgiveness of sin. But we, we also know that we have grace for today. That, that God in his grace, like he supplies what you lack today. The strength that you need for today that you lack, there's grace for that. And he provides for your needs of what's going on today. In the passage, it says, and, and by him, we cry, Abba, Father. And the, the connected point in there is that by Christ, by his spirit, we are entered into this relationship with our heavenly father where we can cry out Abba, Father, which Abba is a term, it's an affectionate term. It's like daddy in our culture. That, that we're positioned in this relationship with our heavenly father where we have this incredible closeness that, I mean, quite honestly, it makes theologians who understand the holiness of God very uncomfortable I mean, it's just that close that he's that great, he's that holy, that he's that powerful, but he's also that loving and that affectionate that he cares about the details of your day. Yeah. And so when things get difficult, and they will, <laughs> when your children who are perfect all the time have that moment, <laughs> and you have to come up with the strength to not join them in that moment, <laughs> God's yeah. grace is enough. Amen. God's grace will fill the places where you have gaps. And I'm so encouraged by the Apostle Paul, who when he was in a moment of pain and struggle and cried out, God, will you just take this struggle away? The response he got in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, but God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Mm-hmm. So when you feel like you're at the end of the rope. When you feel like there's no more strength and ability inside of me to navigate what is here today, know that God's grace for today is enough. It's enough 
for you to take that next right step. And women, mothers, I want to speak to you. I want you to know God is working through you. Mm-hmm. Not was, not will, but he is. Yes. And band, if you guys will make your way up, I'm gonna, we're going to begin to close this out. And we're going to do something that's uh, a little bit different, uh, but we wanted to encourage, we wanted to give a charge, we wanted to give a blessing uh, to, to the women of our church. And men, you can receive this too, but we just want to put a little extra attention and emphasis and encouragement into our women today. And so, uh, w- women, as you're able, we, would you just stand with us as we read this blessing to you, because I just want a little extra recognition that this is for you. And if you're comfortable, um, just through generations, as a sign of receiving a blessing, people have held their hands out. If you're comfortable doing that, I'd encourage you to do that. Uh, But we're going to read some scriptural passages that are both charges and encouragements that are for for you today. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says that you are created in the image of God. Ephesians 2.10 tells us, You are God's handiwork, and everything He has made is beautiful, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So moms, women, your work matters, which God prepared in advance for you to do. God has designed you for a calling and a purpose. 1 Peter 3 says that your beauty does not come from outward adornment, but from your inner self. So you will make sure the truest part of you is beautiful and not just the most external part. Isaiah 64, 8 says, You are the clay. God is the potter. You are the work of his hand. So trust in him as he continues to form you. First Peter 5 says that when you feel down, he will lift you up in due time. Joshua 1, 9 tells us, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God has worked through women like Esther in the book of Esther who risked her life to preserve God's people. God has worked through women like Deborah in Judges 4 and 5, who was a judge and a prophet to God's people. God's worked through women like Mary of Bethany in Luke 8, who sat and learned at the feet of Jesus. God has worked through women like Mary Magdalene, who was the first to proclaim that Christ was risen. God has worked through Mary, the mother of Jesus, in Luke 1, to raise up the Savior of the world. God worked through Phoebe in Romans. Um, She's talked about, she was a leader among the early church in Rome. God has worked through Priscilla in Acts 18, who was a teacher in the early church and helped correct Apollos when he got off track. God continues to work through women today, every day. God continues to work through you. And God has blessed each of you to be a blessing. So in the moments where you feel fear stepping in, you need to remind yourself that you have been blessed, that you are enough, you're doing enough, and God's grace is enough. So let us pray for you. Father, we ask your blessing, your encouragement, your protection, We ask for calling over these women that would lead them to continue to impact their families, this church, and this world. And we are thankful for the blessing that they have been to us. 
And we ask that they would feel and know your closeness today. We are thankful for the women you've placed in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing?